I'm Amber Peterson, and you're listening to Mamas and Money, Episode 72, Resolving Money Conflict with Emily Penrod. Did you know that creating confidence with your money will change your life? My name is Amber Peterson. I'm a mother, licensed financial professional, and a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And if you're ready, let's take this journey together. Welcome, friends. I am so thrilled that you are here today. I hope you've had an amazing week. And I wanted to share a recent conversation I had with my good friend, Emily Penrod. She's a family relationship coach, and we were talking about conflict resolution, especially as it pertains to when we're talking to our spouse or partner about money. Now, a lot of times money can come with all of the thoughts we have about it, all of our beliefs, and what we may think of ourselves and others with money. And our spouse or partner will come with those very same thoughts, beliefs, and experiences that they have had with money. And sometimes if we can't effectively communicate those thoughts and feelings about money, then sometimes it can lead to conflict. And we want to give you some resources and some tips and some things that you can do, especially if you're experiencing conflict around money, to help you not only have those conversations, but to help you lead to those decisions that can help you, your partnership, your family, and your journey with money going forward. Welcome to Healing Your Families. I'm Emily Penrod, your family relationship coach. And in this show, we examine the six areas of health for families, emotional, financial, mental, physical, social, and spiritual. Now, another show host, Amber Peterson, has joined me. She has her own show, Mamas and Money, on Fridays, and we are collaborating to address some of the conflicts in families around money. So Amber, welcome. Well, thank you so much, Emily. I'm so excited to be here and talk about this particular topic because I know it's not always easy to talk about. It isn't. It's a hot, sensitive topic. I know it can get to the point where family members just shut down rather mm -hmm. than confront it. I know that it's one of the factors that can lead to the breakup of a family. And especially when it comes to, you know, giving to others. I, I know it's easy for me to say, well, I will come cut back on my expenses. I can see I need to be careful with my money. But when it comes to my grandchildren, you're going to ask me to not get treats for my grandkids, not get mm -hmm. toys for them. Oh, come on. No way. So <laughs> it's not that easy, is it? It's true because each party, so, you know, each spouse has a view of money and what they believe and think about money and where it should go and how it should be used. And sometimes if we can't communicate that effectively, that can bring up that conflict because you have one spouse, like in your example, Emily was saying, well, I would really love to spend this money on grandkids where your spouse might be saying, you know, we really need to be cutting back and maybe not spending as much in this area. And if that's not effectively communicated about why we want to do those things, that can lead to some conflict. And why is money such an emotionally charge topic you know i mean it's just it's just paper why but and yet it is <laughs> yeah. 
It is because money really affects everything that we have and do in our lives, right? So money is going to affect being able to provide shelter. Money is going to affect if we can feed our families and provide for those around us. It's going to affect, you know, what experiences and opportunities that we have. And so it does involve a lot of different things. And I think too, money is a very interesting thing because there's so much heaviness around it, depending on what we think and we believe about money. And if that's never addressed, we don't look at that, those thoughts and beliefs may not be serving us. So for example, if let's say our spouse said, well, you shouldn't spend money in this way because that's a bad way to spend your money or it's frivolous or it's wrong. So maybe in your example, and this is all hypothetical, but if your spouse said, oh, that's frivolous to spend money on the grandkids, that's not a good use of your money, of our money then they're going to have this belief of that where you might have a belief that's saying, oh, it's very good to spend this money on kids and grandkids. And I love doing it. It helps me feel a certain way. It helps me feel good. And that spouse may not understand that. So it's coming with this heaviness saying, no, this is a not a good way to spend our money. And then that's where the conflict can arise is because of what we're thinking and believing that this money can do and what it could bring into our lives. You know, it's interesting as you describe that, because I'm wondering just how many people actually realize what their attitude is about money. You know, we we may just assume this is the way I grew up. So this is the way everybody handles it. You know, maybe you grew up in a family where if you had money, you spent it. If you didn't have it, you just did without. Mm hmm. Yeah. And we really take from our examples. So whoever raised us more often are our, our parents. If we see how they deal with money or didn't deal with money, that's our earliest exposure to money and how it should be dealt with. And our longest exposure for many of us is because we see our families through and our parents through many, many years and we see how they deal with it and what it brings to their lives. And we take that example and then we try to apply it to what we do with our money. So if we have, you know, parents that don't talk about money or the only time we see them talking about money is that they're fighting over money, then we may go, oh, you know, I guess money really is a bad thing and I don't want to deal with it. And I, you know, anytime I saw my parents talking about money, they were fighting. And so I don't want to deal with money because of the way it made my parents feel or we may take on, oh, that's the only way you deal with money. So when I'm with my spouse, it's supposed to be something we argue about and fight about. And sometimes we just don't even consider looking at that and saying, is that what I want my relationship with money to be? Is that the relationship I want to have with my spouse and money to be? And so sometimes it just takes taking a look at what we're thinking and believing about money to then go, hmm, maybe that's not serving me in the best possible way. How do I want to think and believe about money? And how do I want to connect with my spouse about money? And that can make a big difference just getting that realization. So, okay, I'm I'm hearing two very, very strongly different approaches to money. That, that it's bad, it's a problem, we should avoid it. Or that it's all that matters and everything else should be sacrificed so we can make more money. Oh. And anywhere in between, but when you have two people in a marriage and they're sharing a bank account or just 
you know, sharing living space, not being able to recognize where they are on this spectrum and understanding and appreciating why. Um, I heard an interesting story about the wife who insisted anytime they bought an appliance, it had to be a certain brand. They could mm -hmm. not even consider any other brand. And the husband persisted in listening and, and encouraging her to talk about it. Tell me more about this. Tell me what it is about this brand that you feel makes it so superior. And when after hours of communicating, it finally came down to when she was a little girl, her father worked for that company and they, that company saved the family during a financial crisis. It was an yeah. emotional attachment to the brand. So the husband's looking at, let's look at the features, which one's most efficient, which one's yeah. cost-effective. And, and once they cleared that up, it eliminated so much contention in their relationship. I love that example, Emily, because that's exactly what we've been talking about is that she has this belief that this brand has done this amazing thing for her family. And that's why she's behind this brand 100%. Whereas the husband didn't have the same belief and he's going, well, shouldn't we just look at the appliance itself and see if that's something that we want? Why is this brand so important? But then getting down to the belief or the thought around it really opened both of them up to be like, okay, now I understand why this is so important to you. It's not just because, you know, this particular appliance is better. It just means that's why it's so emotionally important for you. And that's exactly when it comes to money, how important it is to then understand and figure out why is money so heavy or why is money so important or why do you feel uncomfortable talking about money and really coming down to the heart of those things can then open us up to say, oh, now I understand. Now we can move forward in talking about money and maybe resolving some of those conflicts with money. Exactly. I love that. And also wouldn't it help if they realize there isn't one absolutely right way? It takes some balance. So another thing you frequently see in a marriage is one person is a saver. We've got to save all, all of our money. And the other one, no, it's, it's a spender. Let's just spend it. And the saver could be, you're, you know, blaming the spender. You're the mm -hmm. cause of all of our financial problems. If you would just stop spending so much money. And the spender is seeing the saver is you're you're killing all this joy in this family. You're keeping us from having fun and enjoying life. And if they could understand, and they could they could make allowances, couldn't they? Mm -hmm. Come up with a way to allocate some money for the spender, and yet have satisfy the saver by saying, and then this amount goes into savings automatically. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And I think that you'd want to find out why is saving so important? What is your belief there? What's the mindset behind that? Because then under, you get to understand this is why saving is so important, especially for the, the spender. Why do they want to spend? What was their upbringing like? What is their belief around spending? They could have a feeling of it makes me feel good or I grew up with very little. So being able to have this opportunity to spend 
you know, helps me feel empowered, you know, so just learning those things is so, so important. And then I love that you brought up Emily and we call it a win-win situation where, you know, it's not, okay, we only have to save because that's the only way to do things to do it right. Or we only can spend, but saying, how can we make this situation a win-win for us both? How can we compromise to help the saver feel good about how they're spending their money and how, where they're putting their money as well as the spender about where they're putting their money. And then it could be, okay, we're going to put a little bit into savings and we're going to be able to set this money aside to spend it on this thing that you want to spend it on. And that way, that's a great way for a conflict resolution is to say, how can we make this a win for everybody? And another thing that you brought up, Emily, is there's no exact perfect way to do money. <laughs> there's not a specific path that says, okay, this is the only way you can do it. And if you stray from this path, it's wrong. No, each person and each family, each couple is so different in their desires, their goals, their, their dreams, their thoughts and beliefs around money that there's no one specific way to do it. And that's why I think communication and then conflict resolution is so important that you guys can find out together what's most important and how maybe things need to change over time to make sure they're meeting your goals and your dreams to help you move forward. And, you know, conflict resolution begins with respect. Yes. You know, many people have argued, and I agree, that respect is even more important in a marriage than love. When we love someone, we get really comfortable and we feel like, oh, I can say exactly what's on my mind. But when we respect someone, we care about their feelings. We value their opinion. We want to help them reach their goals, too. So if you can begin with that respect and then spend some time listening, yes. recognizing that, you know, rather than trying to browbeat your partner into agreeing with you and doing what you want them to do, spend some time listening to understand. You've talked about that, understanding where they're coming from. Yes. Yeah. And it's, we call it, so we have a book coming out. <laughs> We're going to talk about that a little bit later. I'm really excited, but we call it curiosity over judgment is one of the tools that you can use when you are trying to communicate with your spouse. And it's, you kind of brought it up in your example earlier, but it's like, tell me more, tell me more about why this is so important to you. You know, where did this come up for you in the past? I want to learn more. And it's not judging them for being like, well, you shouldn't think and believe that way. That's silly or that's stupid. No, you go, oh, that's interesting. I'm finding out more about why this is important to you. Please let me know. And with all that listening and understanding, that's when you can start finding common ground and helping you both move forward in that win-win situation for you both. Yes. So that that is that important first step is recognizing there's more than one way yes <laughs> listening respectfully and then you mentioned the win-win so in order to come up with the best solution don't you need to have a good understanding of the options yeah well and at least what your goals are yes think, yes yes i think that's so important so if you know, you're trying to understand, okay, why are they a saver? Why am I a spender? Or, you know, whatever the understanding may be that you're kind of trying to, to figure out, you also want to go, okay, 
even if we have maybe these differences in how we deal with with money, what are our common goals? What are things that we want to work towards? Do we want to save for a house? Do we want to save for a vehicle in the future? Do we want to save for children and, you know, bring in rear children into the world? Or do we want to uh, put so much money towards, you know, the debt that we have, whatever the goal may be, when you're on the same page with your goals, it also makes the conversations around money a little bit more simple. I wouldn't say go to say it's easier because we come with our emotions and our own thoughts and beliefs about it, but it makes it more simple saying these are the goals we're working towards. How is our decisions around money bringing us closer to those goals and making them more of a reality? It gives you a target. Yes. When you know what you want. And, and a lot of times I know as people get to retirement age, all of a sudden they're realizing, wait a minute, I'm not going to be able to live on a half or two thirds of what I'm making now. Mm -hmm. So if you, I love how you brought up goals. Thank you for bringing up goals. That's what I was thinking of. But if you know what it is you're aiming for, and I love that if you can be on the same page, if they both want to buy a house, maybe they both agree that further education is what Mm -hmm. they want then you're willing to sacrifice for it. The the spender would be perfectly happy to say, I'm not going to buy this now because I want this thing in the future even more. Yeah, and it's because it's that perspective, right? It's going, okay, I really would love this now, but I realize that we're going to work together as a team because we want this thing more. I'm going to wait and being able to work towards that thing. And that's where that kind of compromise comes in. There's going to be different seasons in our lives where we might have some individual goals too, that are really important to us. So we're willing to say, okay, this is something that we can work together with to make it happen as well as those combined goals that are so important as a family and a couple. And then your partner is on your team. You're on the same team. You're not opponents. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that's important to go into when you're thinking about money. It's not my money or my spouse's money. It's not this battleground. It's like, no, we're a team. How are we going to use this tool to help us move forward? Because that's really what money is. It's a tool that we've been given that we're able to provide for families. It's a way to be able to provide for our goals and our dreams. And so let's do this together as a team and work together to make it happen. You know, I like to think of a healthy marriage as being like a Venn diagram. So you have the husband and the wife. They're two circles. They're living separately. When they marry, those circles now overlap. And the two of them need to agree on how much they overlap. If they're totally concentric, one on top of the other, it usually means that one partner is completely dominating the other. But if they each have a little space and, and referring to their time, so maybe he has some hobbies he pursues, she has some, but mostly they're together. And I think the same could apply to many, couldn't it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, and that's another way we can come up with win-win situations because 
we're going to have some goals outside of our spouse that are important to us that may not be as important to our spouse. And our spouse might have some goals that are important to him that maybe are something that we really want to work towards, but because you're of willing that to love support that, him. Yeah. Cause you have that love and respect for each other. And so mm-hmm. you're saying that's important to you. So I'm willing to help you achieve that. And we would say the same thing for that spouse to be like, Hey, I want to help, you know, my spouse, get to where she wants to be as well. And so I think too, in this whole um, opportunity to talk about money is that communication so important. And I think that's one of the preventative measures, if you will, to conflict resolution is being able to communicate and communicate, you know, effectively and being a little vulnerable about what you want and what you see happening, because then you can connect more with your spouse and let them know what's important to you. And this doesn't sound like a single conversation, does it? No, I think anything that's important to us in our lives needs to be talked about. And this is one of those things that we're going to be working with all of our lives. (laughs) I don't see a time yet where we won't have to deal with money. So it's important for us to be able to have open communication and frequently so we can stay on the same page with our spouse. Well, and the needs of the family change over time in different phases, you know, when there's just the two of them as opposed to when children begin to join the family. And then as they're preparing for retirement or maybe caring for an aging parent. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's why this money conversation needs to keep going because our lives and situations do change and they do morph, you know, just it's like you mentioned, you're in the stage where you're a grandma and you have some different responsibilities and different family dynamics. And I still have my four kids living at home and there's some different dynamics there. And that's even different from newlyweds versus those who, um, you know, are past, re- not only in retirement age, but we consider that maybe those golden years and looking at, okay, what are the legacy we want to leave for family? So it's a, it's a different conversation, but one that if you've kept up throughout the years is so much easier to have. And you'd be so much better prepared. I, I have seen, I'm, I'm at that time in life where I have seen the challenges when someone didn't, they weren't ready. They didn't understand how much your medical expenses just shoot up as you age. Uh, I know of one dear friend who carefully set aside money so she didn't want to have to live with her children when she was older. She wanted to live in assisted living and she carefully shopped around, found just the right one. And then she lived longer than she had anticipated and she ran out of money. And in the end, she had to do the very thing she never wanted to do. She had to move in with one of her kids. And which is fine if that's what you choose, you know, that's, there are a lot of blessings with having elderly parents live with you. But when you have these conversations and you're prepared and you plan ahead, you're more likely to get what you want, your goal. Absolutely. And, you know, I don't know your friend's entire situation, but especially if that was a decision made by her and her spouse and what if they couldn't come to a decision on what they wanted life to look like, you know, at that stage of life that could be, you know, bring up conflict when you might have one that says, well, you know, I don't want to live with our children. Another one says we may want to live with our children. And of course, if they haven't planned that money conversation or planned ahead, they may have very limited choices at that point. And so that's another thing too, is 
being able to kind of have some maybe difficult conversations around money, even though it can be uncomfortable to say, we really should plan on what happens if. That way it's going to help you be mm -hmm. so much more prepared and it's going to bring so much more peace of mind going, okay, now we have a plan in place to help us move forward with our money and we're both on the same page about it. Exactly. I, I That just made me think of another couple I know that talking about planning and preparing, he just came home from work one day early and she asked him why. And he said, Oh, that was my last day. I retired. Oh, <laughs> surprise. This, was, this is how he introduced, opened the conversation. And that, that's a, little a lot of, of problems. <laughs> there were a lot of problems. Right. Well, and, you know, we might like surprises once in a while, but especially when it comes to our livelihood, surprises usually aren't always welcome. <laughs> That's something that you'd want to talk to your spouse about and say, you know, I'm feeling like it's time for me to retire. How do you feel about that? And let's take a look at our money situation, mm -hmm. make sure that this is something we can do together. And, you know, let's plan ahead. What do we want retirement to look like? And, you know, these conversations actually, I know we're talking a lot about conflict, but can also bring us closer together as a couple oh. when we're willing to communicate and say, oh my goodness, what do we want our life to be like? Okay, let's plan for that. You know, I agree. Conflict resolution actually deepens the relationship. When it's done right, mm -hmm. you, you understand each other on a deeper level. You have just been through a trial. You pulled together and you made it through. Yes. You know, it's, think of a relationship where there is no conflict, nothing to disagree on. There is not the growth when you've had to go through some of these battles together and you did it. You made it. You communicated. You worked together. You set the goal together and you reached it. That is so rewarding. I love that. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Emily, and that you are bring you're building like a tighter relationship mm -hmm. because you like you said you're understanding each other at a deeper level. You're saying, "Oh, you know, this is something we did together. We went through this together and we can understand each other better." And I, I do want to give this audience too that's listening in, Emily, like some tips if they're finding that they don't know how to make it through that conflict, especially talking about money, what are some things that they can do to be like, okay, I really want to communicate with my spouse and do it in a way, even if we don't have the exact same thoughts and feelings about money, what can we do together? What are some tips and things we can utilize to then have these money conversations and to help us work through some of the conflicts we may be experiencing? Awesome. Let's hear them. <laughs> Awesome. So first of all, Emma, I know you have so many great things for families on this topic. Do you have any initial ones that you want to give? And then I can add some oh, as well. I'm, I'm, I would love to hear yours. I, okay. I, I've talked a lot and shared a lot, but go right ahead. Okay, no problem, hun. So I do think what's important is because money conversations can be, you know, that heaviness, there's a lot of, you know, uh, things we think about money that may not always be the most positive, is creating a safe space to talk about money, to be able to say, okay, let's eliminate distractions, let's, 
you know, sit in a place where we can really communicate and try to understand each other, where it's going to be an environment that actually invites more constructive conversation. So maybe that's sitting down at your kitchen table with, you know, maybe the kids in bed and that it's just you two paying attention to each other, or maybe you're putting phones aside and turning off any sort of electronics because then you're giving that respect to your spouse and saying, I care about what you have to say. And I'm listening. I want to hear what you have to say. And then we can work on it together. So I think that is super important is to create that safe space. Totally. And we mentioned this. Yeah. <laughs> um, and not only the physical space, but the mental and emotional space as well, I think is something that we don't always consider when we're going into money, but because money is so heavy sometimes is that we want to go into the conversation saying, I'm willing to be open and vulnerable. And I want you to be open and vulnerable with me. And I'm not going to make fun of your beliefs about money. I'm not going to make them trivial or seem like they're not important, but I'm really truly curious about what you think and believe about money, you know, and about our situation, what's going on for you. I'm, I really want to know. And whatever you share with me, I'm going to be curious about it and not judgmental. And that's something we talked about a little bit is that curiosity over judgment, because if we're going to be opening up about money and it's we're vulnerable and feeling a little nervous anyway to talk about our feelings around money, we want our spouse to be able to be able to be respectful of that and us as well. Because if we want our spouses to open up about money, we want to be able to say, hey, I am, I care about you and what you have to say, and I'm not going to uh, make fun of you. I'm going to respect you for the advice and, and the information you're going to give me. So I think that is really, really important. Um, and you talk so much, Emily, about respect. And I would say too, sometimes what respect looks like is also giving space to help them feel what they're going to feel and express what they're going to express. So sometimes if they may say, hey, the way that we've been speaking Spending money is not helping our family and we really need to take a look at it instead of being offended and hurt, or if they're being offended and hurt, then just say, let's give each other some space. Let's work through that emotion. It's okay to feel that way. It's okay to feel, oh, maybe we didn't make the best decision with money. That's okay. And then also kind of that forgiveness factor too is saying, hey, mm -hmm. we, we, you know, made these decisions. We understand they weren't the best for us, but we forgive and let's move forward. Now we understand maybe that's not the way we want to spend our funds. Let's then look at what we want to do now to help us move forward. So I think that too is a huge thing is being able to release the guilt and shame of it and saying, I forgive and let's, let's move forward together. And then something I would say too, just to kind of round it off here is Remember that you're not going into these conversations to change your spouse's mindset completely and change who they are and how they act. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, the only one that we can change, the only one that we can um, help to improve is ourselves. Yeah. And so we don't want to go into these conversations saying, oh, my spouse is going to think and believe the same way I, I do, or else it's not going to be a successful conversation. That's and never going to work on that idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You go in and saying, I've learned so much. I want to share with you what I've learned. And this is how I want to help us move forward. But I want to do it with you at mm -hmm. my side. Yes. You know? And I know the only one that I can change is me. And I want to encourage you and help you along your journey as well. And I love what you said about the past. The only thing we can do 
with the past is learn from it. We can't change it. Don't keep bringing it up. Just what did we learn? And I loved how you said move forward. Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, that's going to help us open up to more money possibilities. Anyway, if we're sitting in the shame of it and saying, Oh, I can't believe I invested my money this way and lost it, or I can't believe we spent money, or I can't believe we're in this much debt that doesn't allow us to move forward. So being able to say, <laughs> yeah, you just go, I recognize that I forgive, let's move forward. And now I know that's not the decision I want to make going forward. Mm-hmm. Yes. Exactly. Oh, I love those tips. Those are so helpful. Awesome. Yes. So we want to give those to you to, to help you as you have those um, awesome money conversations with your spouse. And I am excited about our ebook coming yes, out January, <laughs> new year. Yes, because, you know, as we're wanting to have these conversations with our spouse and help us move forward in our money decisions and being on the same page with our goals, the first step in any of it is discovering what we think and believe about money. And allowing your spouse to discover what they think and believe about money. So Emma Lou and I have come up with an ebook that's going to be completely complimentary. And we'll make sure that you get that information. But it's going to help you start to discover your money mindset. And that's going to be so important for you as you not only just right now, (laughs) the money mindset you have now, but as you move forward with your spouse throughout your money journey to keep checking in and saying, okay, where's my money mindset? Is this serving me? Is this helping me, my spouse, move forward? Is there something I want to keep? Are there things I want to change? And this is going to help you do that. So we're so excited to be able to give this out to you to make sure that you can have the best money journey possible with your spouse. True, true. And and I, I love what you've put in there, Amber. And it's it's a boon to families if if you can resolve that conflict over money and and establish this habit of communicating and resolving conflict with respect your family will be blessed your children will grow up in a peaceful harmonious home and they will learn those life skills that will bring them a rewarding life it's it's Amber, thank you so much. Absolutely, Emily. It's my pleasure. I just, we want to help families so much in this area. Yep. Yep. I think me too. So, so for my viewers, um, please follow both of us, Amber, Mamas and Money. And that's also the name of her podcast and um, her Facebook and yeah, just look for Amber Peterson, Mamas and Money, and I'm healingyourfamilies.com. And watch for that offer coming soon. So join me again next week at the same time. Until then, love yourself, love your family. Let's make the world a better place by strengthening families. This is Emily Penrod with healingyourfamilies.com. You are already working hard for your money. Imagine your money working hard for you. Imagine taking control over where your money goes instead of wondering where it went at the end of every month. Imagine the freedom you will have from not worrying constantly about your finances. Imagine enjoying the decisions you make with your money. I know this is possible for you. 
head on over to amberpetersoncoachingfinance.now.site where we can work together to make it happen. And if you're finding this podcast to be helpful, please subscribe. That way you will never miss an episode to help you create confidence with your money. Have a beautiful week.